an incident I, I read in, in a novel uh, called Sahara by Clive Klusler. And, and there's one airline pilot who is flying over Sahara. And the plane crashes and she dies. And this is an interesting uh, uh, story that I have read. But before that, I want to talk to you a little bit about globalization. Globalization has, now we see the pushback on globalization. We see a lot of nationalism that is coming about in Europe and other places. And if you see the history of globalization, uh, how it started in, in early 90s, it started originally, of course, it started with the East India Company wanting to take over countries. So globalization actually, you can say, started there. And uh, then, of course, uh, colonizers, then uh, jobs, then uh, movement of goods, then movement of people, migration of people. And, but then globalization of culture also is happening. And then globalization of thought. That's the, uh, if you largely look at globalization in different buckets, then you see globalization of thought. We ourselves, if you, if you see from our early Vedic seers, they have always talked about the world, they've talked about humanity, they were never geographically centered in their sayings, in their thinking, right? So they were very global in their thinking. And then I think in uh, Manuspriti, I think, uh, the much maligned Manuspriti, there's a mention about India's destiny as a Vishwa Guru, so that we are guru to the world. So that's another form of globalization of our thought. And then we have Adi Shankara, who was born in this land, in this very uh, premises, and then how he went about unifying uh, India, unifying our thought, unifying our practices, a unifying uh, Vedanta, Mimamsa. There are several aspects of unification that he has done. And then he was anointed as Jagat Guru. So, Vishwaguru, India, and then Jagat Guru. And then we ask yourself, why, why was he anointed in general? There was no history. I mean, if you actually look back, there was no history of, say, Chanakya being uh, called as Jagat Guru. There was no, he was anointed as Jagat Guru. What went into their mind? Maybe they saw that one day that Advaita would be needed by the world. Maybe that they envisioned the need for Advaita as a, as a, as a, as a tool for peace, as a tool for personal happiness. And then they said, look, this is his dear world. Here is Adi Shankaracharya and he is Jagat Guru. Right? So you have this narrative of globalization of thought, you have glo globalization of our, our destiny as, uh, as Vishwaguru and Jagadguru as Adi Shankara. That, that's the narrative. And if you see how our Vedantic thought has actually globalized and went about, first it went about in terms of the translations of our Upanishads. We know about that in the 16th century. And then those translations actually imp impacted in 16th century, the US uh, in 17th century, 
the famous transcendentalists, the thinkers, you know, John Adams, Emerson, David Thoreau, all of them were impacted by our wisdom, right? So you have that, that narrative that is there. I have a feeling that even Thomas Jefferson was influenced. They say that when he talked about pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness, it sounded very strangely like my dharma artha kama moksha, you know, pursuit of happiness. Then I looked up whether, you know, then he, I found that perhaps he, people say that he was influenced by John Locke. And then I was trying to see whether John Locke was influenced by us. But be that as it may, these were the waves of our Vedantic thought that was globalized. But then we had Swami Vivekananda in the 19th century. That's when in a form, not in a translation in a book, but there's a form of Bhagawan, Swami Vivekananda, landing on the shores and transforming uh, our, our uh, transforming this, that society at that point in time, the, the kind of impact that it had. And then from there you see Yogananda, then you have Swami Rama, Mahesh Yogi, and you see different Swamis till the 70s. And then we had Swami Chinmayananda, and then we had Dayananda Saraswati. We had all these Swamiji's making an impact. But then it stopped. You see? It stopped. There's a break. This break, if you ask, you know, two, about two days, two days, two decades back, it was almost like as if entire America was going to be converted into Hindus. And uh, because of this wave, everything was Vedantic. Star Wars was Vedantic. Everything, you know, there was influences. You know, a lot of artists, uh, minimalism, a lot of artists were influenced by... Uh, you know, I went to a minimalistic, conf minimalist uh, sculpture uh, gallery, and the first thing was about, there was a saying about Rigveda. Uh, so, all that kind of a momentum was there, and then it stopped. And then the global heist of our Vedantic thought, our, our Indic thought, there was the thieving started. And this has been documented beautifully by Sri Raji Malhotraji who's come up with this unique theory of digestion. And you see several examples of how people do a U-turn and, and then go back and say, no, 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 no. And then what happened was that they are practitioners and they don't want to acknowledge suddenly. So then they go to their academics, to Lord W, Lordess W, you know who she is, or uh, Lord P. And say, please help us. We don't want to acknowledge anymore. So then they'll come and then say, okay, we'll grant you blessing. Let's erase. Let's discontinue. There is no, this is not Hinduism or this is not Vedic. Right? Let's, let's erase. Then they'll go back. No, 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 but this is obviously, uh, you know, this, we cannot deny that it's from India. No. They'll say, don't worry. We'll bring in Buddhism into picture. Let's put everything onto Buddhism. So they created a new concept that Buddha has influenced Mahabharata. Buddha has influenced Ayurveda. You can check the Ayurveda site. It talks about Buddha's influence on Ayurveda. Buddha has influenced Upanishads. So everywhere, and then Buddha, they've created a new god. They're creating a new god as we speak. And I call it Western Buddha or a white Buddha. And then they put what they don't like, they remove. Even Buddhism has rituals. Buddhism has karma as a central theory, 
as moksha, liberation and enlightenment as a central thing. So they don't want to, because if they say karma, then they have to remember, they have to agree to rebirth. So they want Buddhism without rebirth, which is such, such, such a central thing. So they are creating this new concept called Western Buddhism. It's fair enough, if they want to create a god, we believe in pluralism, we create gods, every village we create a god, goddess, our own goddess. So they want to create a god, no problem. The problem comes because they want to vilify us and distort us and erase our contribution systematically. And that's the problem we are facing with this. Then parallelly, there's another trend. There is a thing called spiritual but not religious. And if you read Sam Harris, the latest book on waking up, spirituality without religion. You actually should read the book because it is a study in apathy. It's a study in, he says, oh, Eastern, oh, oh those old people have, you know, ignorant people have chosen it, uh, right? But we want to do it like this. So they, there is a condescending attitude uh, and he wants to follow, uh, you know, he'll simply say, oh, this, uh, you know, Advaita and Buddhism, right? So they're creating this new category. So these are the two trends that, uh, that we are seeing, uh, the desire to erase and vilify us. So it is in this context that our quest, Swamiji, in terms of we started our journey from as Advaita Academy in 2010, a journey started in Advaita Academy. Then we came to Indic Academy because we realized that this is the kind of uh, battles that we have to fight. So our quest is that we need one more Shankara. We need one more Shankara to fight back. So if you look back, 1200 years back, he unified us and he debated Buddhists, right? Now, 1200 years later, we need one more Shankara to debate these Western Buddhists and, 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 and establish Sanatana Dharma in the world. Think about it. That's our quest. And this conference, so what are we doing for that? So we started with Advaita Academy. Now we want to establish four gurukulams all over the world to teach like what uh, Ramakrishna Mission has done, what Sandeepani has done, what Puja Swami Dayananda Saraswati has done. To produce teachers who are grounded in traditional Advaitic teaching, Vedantic teaching. I was asking Sundar, how many have you produced? He said about 1,000. Swamiji has, uh, Puja Swami Dayananda Saraswati probably about 300. And Ramakrishna Mission, I don't know. You, you, you. So even if you see the per capita number of traditionally trained Advaita Vedantic teachers is very low, is, is, is uh, 2,000 probably. And the world needs, the world needs more. More than 200,000 it needs. And the kind of trends that are happening in terms of loss of jobs, in terms of, you know, all that is happening. People have more time. They will do pursuit of karma and then, you know, your moksha is hastened up. So there is a need for a large number of uh, teachers. So that's our quest to get into people, into thinking about these kind of concepts 
and we have initiated a strategy, uh, uh, initiated uh, 108 Adishankara Murthis we are wanting to establish around the world. So we have done about three so far. Uh, so people do 108 height, so we're doing 108 three feet, <laughs> but all over the world, so there's an impact. But we do believe that our thinking and our, uh, our Vedantic thinking, our Advaitic thinking is needed for global peace. So he was talking about, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a bhakta of uh, Shankara, Shankar Bhagavan. Yeah, and I do it, admit that. And, and I, was I called him one day and said, look, you know, why is he being ignored? And you know, this is so obvious. For me, he's the greatest philosopher to ever walked on this planet. That's what I consider. Okay, we can have a debate on it. But <laughs> he's not even acknowledged anywhere. And this pains me. So I was just thinking, is this, I mean, he's self-realized, so karma is not there. And then, has he done anything in his walk somewhere? He accidentally, you know, killed somebody, some animal or something. What is it? Why is he being ignored by, <laughs> ignored by the world? And so I was called him and he said, he said, don't worry, he's Bhagavan. You don't have to worry about doing price death for him. So, <laughs> so it's just a joke between us. Uh, so, but I, I, strongly believe that there is a need for Shankara and that's the quest. But even our own government, Swamiji, even our own government, we don't see the political class uh, tweeting and saying that, look, uh, this is Shankara Jayanti. I, I, have, uh, I request the government to declare Shankara Jayanti as the oneness day. Because one day in, in the world, just like yoga day, we'll have oneness day. Right? So, but we have to make a beginning. And I, 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 I think that the government should do that. And he should be given a Bharat Guru award. We should have for the gurus, for all the Jagat gurus, all the Acharyas, we, we should have a separate category called Bharat Guru. And, 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 and venerate them and once again, bring them back into the mainstream. So this Kitty Hawk and the aircraft that is there. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the body is pristine. After th so the, the, the actual uh, hero of the novel called Dirk Pitt, he's caught in Sahara and is walking and all that, and then he finds the body. The body is preserved. There's something strange because of the heat and because of the various things, the, the way it is positioned, the body is preserved. So one day I read that and, and, and suddenly it struck me, and thanks to my again going back on. So I tweeted, I was on social media at that time, and I said, look, just imagine because when Shankara, we don't know, he just walked into the Himalayas. So what was that, what was that purpose of that? I mean, how, why did that happen? Why don't we have that, you know, a samadhi that we can go and touch and, and why, wh what happened? How did he just walked away into the, how did he spend his last days? So I said, I said, I tweeted saying that, look, maybe in the Siachen Glacier, he's still there, his pristine body is preserved. What happens if we find and we bring him back? And the whole world is united because there is oneness, right? And to paraphrase my Swamiji, you know, there are people who say there's only one God. He said there's only oneness. And with that, Swamiji, thank you so much for your blessings.